For the third week in a row, mortgage applications decreased. Mortgage applications fell 3.1% in the week ending June 4th, and refis took the biggest dip, according to the latest report from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Hello, my name is Rupa Nampali, Realtor with Remax One. In this week's episode, I will explore the loosening of Mortgage Credit Availability Index, Mortgage Purchase Applications Declining, and why we don't expect to see the rerun of housing crisis from a decade ago. Hope you will listen to the full episode. MBA's Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting, Joel Kahn, said in a statement that most of the decline in mortgage rates came late last week with the 30-year fixed rate mortgage declining to 3.15%. This likely impacted refinance applications which fell 5% for both conventional and government loans. But purchase applications were up slightly last week and the large decline was the result of Memorial Day 2021 is compared to a non-holiday week as well as big upswing in applications since last May once pandemic-induced lockdowns started to lift. He also added that housing demand is still far outpacing supply. The average loan size on a purchase application edged down to $407,000 below the record 418,000 set in February, but still far above 2020's average of 353,900 compared to last year. Fewer people are applying for purchase mortgages. MBA reported as home prices continue to rise and prospective buyers avoid astronomical bidding wars. Mortgage credit availability increased by 1.4% in May, a sign that volume-hungry lenders continue to loosen credit standards in a highly competitive market, according to the data from Mortgage Bankers Association. MBA's Mortgage Credit Availability Index, which uses 100 as a benchmark, increased to 129.9 in May. A decline in mortgage credit availability index suggests that lending standards are tightening, while a higher number suggests loosening credit standards. Kant said that the jumbo index also jumped 5% last month, but even with increase over the past two months, the index is still around half of where it was in February 2020. A rapidly improving economy and the job market have freed up jumbo credit as banks have deposits to utilize. However, there is still plenty of restraints as many sectors have not fully returned to pre-pandemic capacity and there are around 2 million borrowers still in forbearance. The overall increases were driven by 3% gain in the conventional segment of the market with the rise in supply of adjustable rate mortgage and cash-out refinance. This consistent with the uptick in mortgage rates and slowing refinance market. Lenders concerned over borrowers' ability to pay their bills at the beginning of the economic shutdown resulted in an exponential tightening of credit. However, May's credit ability inched to its highest level since the early days of the pandemic, but remained at 2014 levels. During the Great Recession, 
Just over a decade ago, the financial systems the world depended on started to collapse. It created a panic that drove some large companies out of business like Lehman Brothers and many more into bankruptcy. The financial crisis that accompanied the current pandemic caused hardship to certain industries and hurt many small businesses. However, it hasn't rattled the world economy. It seems that uh, it seems that a year later things are slowly getting back to normal for many companies. So why is there a drastic difference between 2008 and now? In a post in a post from Realty Track, they explain, we changed the rules. We told banks they need more reserves and that they could no longer underwrite toxic mortgages. It turns out that regulations properly done can help us navigate financial minefields. Here are the results of the regulations captured in a graph depicting the number of failed banks since 2007. So, what was different this time? Realty Track explains that in 2008, the government saw the foreclosure meltdown as a top-down problem and set aside $700 billion for banks under the Troubled Asset Relief Program. Not all of the $700 billion were used, but the important point is that the government did not act with equal favor to helping homeowners, millions of whom lost their homes to foreclosures and short sales. This time around, the government forcefully moved to help ordinary citizens working from bottom up. An estimated 5.3 trillion went to the public in 2020 through such mechanisms as Paycheck Protection Program, expanded, expanded unemployment benefits, tax incentives, and help for local governments. So far this year, we have the 1.9 billion American Rescue Plan with millions of $1,400 checks as well as proposals to spend trillions more on infra infrastructure. Bank deposits increased nearly $2 trillion during the past year and credit card debts fell. The bottom line is that many have suffered over the past year. However, the economic toll of the current market recession was nowhere near the scope of the Great Recession, and it won't result in a housing crisis. As a realtor, I'm observing housing inventory slowly increasing as our economy continues to recover from last year's shutdown. Still, the inventory is down compared to 2019 levels, and I am still seeing bidding wars. If you are in the market to sell your home, have a trusted advisor on your side to help you, guide you to make proper decisions. Mortgage credit availability has increased. This means more buyers are eligible for financing. And as per the Realty Track report, we will not see the housing crisis in the near future. Please give me a call at 732-397-9185 to help you guide in your buying or selling of your home. Have a nice weekend ahead.